What is up, everybody? Welcome back to On the Bluff. And now we are presented by Carmigo. Title and presenting sponsor. Title and presenting sponsor. How about that, Gabe? How about it, man? We are Can't here. Pump the music back in there. Uh, yes, presented by Carmigo. Awesome. Big shout out to them. Very thankful for them. So go check out Carmigo if you're looking to sell your car. It is. Gabe, it's as easy as it gets yeah. to sell your car through Carmigo. Forget going to the dealerships. That's dead. It's like it's like going to the stores right, now. Man. Don't go to a dealership. All you got to do, take some pictures of your car, send it in. Carmigo has the software where they can blast it out, multiple dealerships, get multiple bids, and you can have an offer on your car as soon as a day. And stress-free, hassle-free. Absolutely. I think that's the biggest issue, going to the... Going to the uh, the, the dealership and trying to deal with all those different people, people pulling you different directions, them lowballing you. gets annoying after a while, but it's hassle-free. Yeah, and they handle the paperwork. Yes, sir. They handle the freaking paperwork. That's, that's the important part. They make it as easy as possible. So, big shout-out to Carmigo as our new sponsor. Well, Gabe, we're back. How was the weekend, Big Dog? It was good, man. I had a great weekend. Mm -hmm. You saw me come in here with a limp. Yeah. A little bit of a limp. I went to a uh, wedding on Saturday. And they, man, I have a shout out to Angelina and Aaron, right? They, they, they were getting married. Um, but they're, they're, uh, they're DJ. They picked the right one. Just fantastic. Banger of, after banger? Banger after banger. And no, like, none of the just the normal. stupid wedding music? Yeah. No yeah, Cupid Shuffle? Yeah. No Cupid Shuffle. No three, six, nine. You know, it was just like, it was yeah. all it was all deep cuts, stuff like that. It was fantastic. I hate the wedding music. Can yeah. we can we, can we we get on this soapbox for a minute? Well, like, so can I, I, before you get too yes. far into it, yeah, yeah. wedding September 30th, and we have a band. We have a band. We, we decided to go Live band. band. No DJ. So continue your soapbox. So we're going to have wedding music for sure. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, if it's good, like I can deal with good wedding music. I just hate like the same old But things. there's not going to be any bangers. I mean, there should be. I mean, it'll be all right. Not I like a little funk, you know, get a little funky. A little funky. Yeah. But no, I came in here with a... Uh, with a little a, gun walk. Yeah, dude. It was. You I were mean, throwing that thing around. <laughs> Man. <laughs> hey, hey! It was like that. They had transfusions. That what was that? that was my buddy. It's it's not my favorite drink, oh. but it's a it's a it's a hefty one. It's got a ginger ale, the the Concord grape juice, or like the the purple purple mm -hmm. grape juice and vodka. Had a few of those. Never heard of that before. Yeah, Never heard of an alcoholic drink with grape juice. In it, it was transfusion Paloma or like beer. So I just went and with you what went they had. transfusion. Yeah, you were. You they were. named them after their dogs. So one was the Kodak and one was the Kessa. Kodak and Kessa are their dogs. Sweet. So I got the Kodak. The Kodak. Yeah. Sipping on that Kodak. Yeah, for <laughs> real. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, wedding music is a, is super annoying. What? I can't. Yeah. Stand it. Every wedding you go to is like the same ten. To thirty songs, and it's just—it's so overdone. I think the worst part, though, is and then like, you got the you know, everybody the old white people. Oh yeah, bopping people. People like bringing you out to what's that Bruno Mars song or Bruno Mars, and uh, I guess uh, what's what song am I thinking of right this second? 
Uh, uh, is it like a 24, 24, uh, 24 karat, karat magic <laughs> in the end? They yeah. try to bring you out to that every single time. And you're, like, dance. you're like, come no. on, dude, start, start, do that later. Gabe can't start throw it back else. to this song. Throw it back. <laughs> hey, chill out with that. <laughs> but no, 24 karat, that's, that's, that's a popular one. Yeah, the Cupid Shuffle is the worst. Yeah. Is there, I mean, is there, we have some other ones. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Yeah by Usher yeah. also won. And yeah, um, Three six nine. They, they always play that. That's a that's a very popular. Sock it, one. sock it to me one more time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, correct. Um, what yeah, there's, no, there's, there's definitely some of that. What is this? Oh no! no come on, no, Kenny. Take stop it, it Kenny. No. Boo, 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 boo. Stop it right now. Boo. Oh, okay, Kenny, turn it off. Kenny, I'm done with it. Turn it's it low. Off. It's low too. I'm sick of it. That was already. a low blow. We're out here talking about disliking it. And Ken- oh, Kenny, Kenny, come on, bro. I can't go. I can't do anything right now. I no. can't. I can't speak over this. No. What if we got up and did it right now? I would never. <laughs> I bet Kenny's in there. Kenny, Groove. Kenny, turn it off. <laughs> we get it. We on. get it. We get it. Hey, hey, stop it. Stop that. It's terrible. Well, and then they got uh, what, what's the what's the what's the other dance song? Right foot, let's stop. Oh, the, the cha cha slide. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. Is? yeah. I think so. Oh, wobble. That's always one. Oh God, terrible. And see, I don't like those basic ones. No, I don't either. I like you know, like my at my sister's wedding, straight slappers. Like what? Well, we had some Wiz Khalifa going so the other we night. I love the thrill, which is like that's a deep cut for me from my my high school days. Great yeah. song. Yeah, I, I really I'm not, um, I'm not remembering. They, they, honestly, was a while I, was, ago. I was telling Kenny this too. They played some uh, Duke Deuce. Some, <laughs> some Duke, Duke Deuce. Deuce. Yeah, yeah. All these white folks dancing to Duke Deuce. So the DJ that did my sister's wedding, he goes to church with us. Shout out Derek Colbert. Also cut my hair, buzzed me up this past yeah. week. Faded up. Faded up. Buzzed up. Uh, but he's also a wedding DJ, and he sings. So, like, towards the end, when it was basically just, like, the really close family and friends left at the at the reception, him and the, one of the photographers, like, were singing duets together and stuff, and it was... What kind of duets, though, like? I think they did, like, Tennessee just Whiskey. the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> I think they we did... We can t- make it if we try. <laughs> no. Uh, right. they. I think they did Tennessee Whiskey and maybe one more. It's the first spill on the show ever. Yeah, it is. You see that? It's rough. A little spill. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Derek yeah. Culver, big yeah. shout out. Was your, was your uh, sister's, I met your sister for the first time this weekend yeah. on Friday. Mm-hmm. Was her wedding fun? Oh, it was, was a ball. Good time. It was probably the, my favorite, I mean, well, yeah. bias, but my yeah. favorite wedding I've been to. But it, legit, like the funnest wedding I've been to. Funnest? I've been to a most is fun. That, is that, is that? Is it's, it, I believe it's most fun. Come on, somebody check the. I believe it's most fun. All right, there we go. The Michael's, Michael's was a lot of fun too, though. Yeah. Which that shouldn't surprise you. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, he had a he had a good time. That's a wild boy right there. He had a good time. You want to see how much of a time? That yeah, he had? I would love to. Is this is this NSFW? Can you show this to the camera? Yeah, I can. Okay, then why are you saying? Okay, you said you want to see how fun it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, show that to the camera. What's the face too? It's called extremely hammered. <laughs> why is he look like? That? Looks sad. Why does he look sad? Uh, there's probably some more, but yeah, that was actually at Kaylee and Jordan's wedding. But okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, he tends to bring it down. And his wife's name Kate. Kaylee also. Kaylee too. Yes. Yeah, that was confusing. Yeah, it's been about. I was like, it's been about ten years of that. 
I was like, Kaylee. All right. Yeah. For those who don't understand what we're talking about, Kaylee's my sister's sister. name is Kaylee. Michael, who we talk about often yeah, on the show. Yeah, and they were both at, they were both at uh, <coughs> High Cotton, at High on, Cotton Friday on Friday. Yep. Once again, we had another watch party. That was a major L. I mean, it was a great time. Yeah, I'm talking about but the But again, yeah, people started filing out by the halfway through the third quarter because yeah. they got spanked. But we had fun. Yeah, of course. Me and you had a lot of our folks there, so yeah. we had a really good time. I had a great time. Yeah. I had a great time. I had to tell everybody bounce. Oh, we got to do the halftime show. Yep. You and I. Yes. Rocked it out. Yeah, of course. Did our thing. Of course. Shout out. Straight up pros. Bluff City Media, the set they all the set up there is just beautiful. Yep. High Cotton, once again, great host. Yep. Great beer. From my understanding, as soon as game five ended, High Cotton was was ready to get us back in the fold, which is awesome to hear. So shout out to High Maybe Cotton. not again though, because I mean not not for any reason. Oh, and that, two. like we we were, you know, they were a great host. We came and did our thing, but oh and two and like a combined <laughs> lost by forty that game. What was the game? What was the game? Ten, so a combined fifty points worth of losses. Average loss when Bluff City Media has a watch 25 party points. is 25 points. That's not, that's not fun. It's not good. It's not a good look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, great time for the horns. Not a, not a good look for us. Mm. Where we want to start today, You Gabe? want to start right there? Yeah, I mean, we'll start we start with well. the with the Grizzles? Yeah. What do we think? How are we feeling about um, going into the offseason? Uh, I think overwhelmingly a little bit more negative than you did going into last offseason. They didn't get back to the second round, lose to the Lakers first round, six games, got smacked and just didn't have an effort in game six. And they don't have wing depth. You have two of your your two best bigs and Brandon Clark and Steven Adams are hurt. Brandon Clark won't be back until at least the back half of next year. You gotta do something. And now, you know, the Dylan Brooks saga continues of like What do you do? Not what do you do, because I, I think I'm I'm Fully sold on he doesn't need to come back. Uh, you, and I don't know if you heard him in exit interviews. That was st- he was being ridiculous. First of all, he didn't have any. He wasn't contrite about him calling LeBron old and riling him up. And then also he said he basically said something to the tone of like, "I feel like I should have gotten more opportunities. I wasn't given enough opportunities." What the hell are you talking about, dude? You took twelve shots a game. In a in a first round series where you had home court advantage, when you have Ja, Jaron, and Dez on your team, and you just couldn't make anything. What are you right. what, you're supposed to draw up opportunities for you to miss? Yeah, no one was covering you, you from you the three wide, point line. You can like, shots. I, I I just I think the the Grizzlies have outgrown him. So I guess heading into the off season, I, I'm still I'm still hopeful because you have two guys that are 23 and John Jaron, a guy who's 24 and Dez, who's a max guy. You can extend him. You're going to have those guys for years to come. Um, so there's positive positivity there, but you have to find other pieces, vet pieces off the bench. You have to find a guy that can play a, the be, a, a, a better role on this team than Dylan Brooks, be more efficient on the offensive end, still do similar things on the defensive end um, to get yourself to that championship contention window, which I, I just – I don't think they're at right now with the way the, the roster's constructed. They need more. Yeah, right now today they're not there, but – I think you you touched on it for just a second. They have to get older. Mm-hmm. I I don't think anyone wants them to be an ancient team with an average age of twenty nine or anything like no. that. But they have to get more veteran experience, more playoff experience, guys that have been in those situations. 
especially in a year like this when you did have so much rockiness with the with the John Morant situation with Dylan Brooks constantly being in the eye of the media, having a veteran presence. I know they have Steven Adams, but having a, two or three guys that have been in those situations, have led locker rooms before, that's well, inva- that's invaluable to a team that's two best players and two superstars are under the age of 25, or three best players, really, if you had Desmond Bain in there. One of the top three has to step up and be one of those leaders at the very least, or Absolutely. three of the top three. And I think Jaron and Des have shown some maturity through their careers. Um, ja is, I, you know, he's been through his trials and tribulations this year. I'm still hopeful that he'll get there. Um, but, no, those guys, those guys are, regardless, are going to have to be the lead-by-example guys going forward. I don't think you need some 15-year, 35-year-old no, 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 no. vet. I just think you need guys. I'm talking that, about vets that can still I, contribute. I, just think, I, think, I think bigger than that, you just need guys who are proven contributors on decent teams. Agreed. Coming off the bench especially. Like Santi Aldama and Roddy and LaRavia and all these guys. John like, Conchar. Hey, John Conchar and Zaire who didn't pan out. Like you just need – you need to fill in those blanks right there with with, the, with players that have with players that, that have it. experience and they've proven that they've been there, done that, yeah. and they just don't have that right now. Like Kyle Anderson and DeAnthony Melton. Yeah, I think that that's. <laughs> I think that you're onto something there, Kenny. Yeah. And that's why going into this season, I like with, with what they did around the draft. They never signaled to me that they were ready to go win a championship this year. Like it was never like uh, this offseason we're we're trying to go become a championship contender because they went and drafted a bunch of young guys um, and they, they just I get internal development you should try to in a small market develop your own guys to but see if they'll balance. stick around but at the same time you do have to at some point try to go for it yeah try to go win a championship and that this whole offseason it felt like it was kind of they, they were missing something yeah. they were they weren't really trying to go make that happen and it didn't really bite them until it mattered the most yeah and i do think with this series against the lakers you have brandon clark and steven adams completely different Absolutely. but you can't i mean you can't, live you that can't way. do the what if game no definitely not because you're gonna have injuries every year yeah it's gonna happen and that's not part of the that can't be a part of your excuse you know, you, you still have your best players. You still have your top yeah, players Yeah, because in the end of the day, if you're in Cancun right now, you're in Cancun. Right. That's all that matters. <laughs> I don't give a damn who was injured. If you're at home, you're at home. Yeah, and it's not – I mean, a, a team wouldn't do this or players probably wouldn't do this, but at least from a media perspective of being like, okay, if John Morant was out or Jaron Jackson was out, then you get a little bit more of a pass. But, you know, BC and Steven, like, yes, they're important players on the team, but they don't carry the same weight as Ja and Jaron right. and Dez. So – I could see getting a little bit more pass if that was the case, um, but it just wasn't. They got dominated down low, and you know, they and got they got embarrassed. Moving forward, though, like I, I was just thinking about this, like for Dylan, you're trying to replace him with either a three and D wing or a two way wing. Everyone's looking for a three and D wing and yeah. a two way wing. It's not just going to be the easiest thing to go replace this guy. Mm-mm. Like it, it's complicated because I think Dylan has been a necessity to this point in the Grizzlies development i agree he, he he takes on the defensive assignment offensively you don't just stumble into 14 15 points a game no. in the nba like i understand that but he's just not efficient enough and i think he's too demonstrative to see i mean he technical fouls he leads the league in technical fouls 
He's gotten ejected several times. He riled up LeBron. He talks too much and then doesn't back it up and doesn't go to his pressers. It's he creates twenty five. Yeah, yeah G. but he create he creates like these unnecessary distractions at this point. But at the same time, I do fully recognize going to replace a guy like him is not the easiest thing to do. You have to give up a lot to go replace him with a proven, no doubt, better than him at his role guy. Whether it's OG Ananobi, Jeremy Grant, you have to literally give up a whole lot to go get those guys, pay them a lot of money, give up assets in a trade. I mean, so it's it's not going to be the easiest thing this offseason to go replace a guy like Dylan if they do decide to officially move off of him, which I fully expect. Well, let me ask you this, Gabe and Christian. Do you all think that there were some reports over um, this today by our friends over at Grind City Media with Kelsey Wright Johnson saying something that – based on her knowledge that his agents, Dylan Brooks's agents, have been talking to the Grizzlies front office about a new deal. Um, based on that and then hearing Zach Kleinman's conversation. the He, he declined to talk he about like, him. Yeah, like the lack of conversation when asked about Dylan Brooks. He basically said, I'll talk about him at another time. Does it sound like to you they're probably going to re-sign Dylan and then try to do a sign and trade kind of deal? I think I think that that's the the way forward, the way I think so, the too. easiest way forward because he actually like in the end of the day he provides I can, value. I can trash Dylan all I want. There's still some value to yeah. his services around the the NBA. I don't know what team is just going to like throw be falling over to, themselves yeah, yeah. to take him, but I think he could play a role elsewhere. He's just got to accept his role. That's the problem. Is it's clear to me. That it's not just he doesn't understand the role he's supposed to play with Jaron and John Dez coming along the way they have, but it feels like he doesn't accept the role. Right. It's not just that he doesn't understand; he just does not is unwill is like he's unwilling yeah. to play the the, the part fourth that the team fiddle, needs the fourth play. fiddle, yeah. if you will. Yeah. He wants to be up that pecking order when in reality that's not who you are. Can I give a career co- comparison real quick where I think Dylan Brooks might be at Let's right hear now? It. Do you remember? A couple of years ago when Ja and um, Ja was a, a rookie, Jaron was a second year. Yep. Um, and they were so young. And they had the Grizzlies brought in uh, Solomon Hill mm-hmm. and they brought in uh, Jay Crowder yeah. to play. And the team with Solomon Hill and Jay Crowder overextended themselves. They were better than what people thought they yeah. were. Um it feels like to me that Dylan, Dylan's career is heading towards that Jay Crowder type of career where, man, Jay is a fantastic guy in the locker room for a young team. But once they hit a certain point where it's they now championship on. contender, yep. it's time to move on. But here's my problem comparing him to yeah, Jay Crowder. Jay accepts is Jay, his role. Jay accepts his role. And Jay's not this demonstrative Insane person. Except for <laughs> except, headlines. Hell, right? except for the Grizzlies were never in a position prior to this year to be a potential championship contender. And so but and this is the first year that people have really had issue with what Dylan's role and the way that he talks, the way that he responds. Before it was yeah, man, we got Ja, we got Jaron. We know those guys are the most talented, but man, that Dylan well, guy, he's the heart and soul. Well, here's here's but that's that comes with winning, right? Yeah. I mean, the more you win, the more expectations rise. So you can't like it, 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 I, I I don't know if you can sort of say, well, Dylan's a product of his environment. I don't know if that no, if that is, I that, think is that sort of what you're getting at, Kenny, to a certain extent. 
not a product of his environment, but just that that swagger and that like no holds barred like you're saying it never shit was a talking problem wasn't before. a problem yeah. until they realized like hey Damn, we need to win ja a and Jaron and Dez are three pieces that could potentially win a championship now it hasn't been that way till this year yeah and so there so so, so now you've still page. got Dylan playing that same role. And it doesn't work for a championship contending team. It works for a young team that has those like come up expectations. That needs someone to step up for them and be the voice yes. of the locker room. And, yeah, and a vet. Yeah, or whatever. But at this point, I mean, you win, expectations rise. You you have to fall in line. Right. You have to change your your outlook, your role. And again, I think that Dylan is pushing against the role that he could potentially play on I, a championship iteration. Of a, of the Grizzlies right I, now. I think if he would accept the role, he could be perfect for the role. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but here's I, the thing, I mean, you, I, you, like, you want more shooting. You want more. That's exactly what I was about to say. Right? You want a better shooter, but if as far as the mentality that he brings, the defensive yes. energy and effort that he brings, like he could certainly be a fit on yeah. this team and be a part of this team, potentially winning a championship down the line if he were willing to accept that role and kind of buy what they're selling him as far as what they need him to do. But he's like you mentioned, he's just not doing that. He just doesn't seem interested in doing that. I mean, the fact that like in his exit interview, he's basically saying like, "I just I feel like I I wasn't given enough." What are you talking yeah, about? Absurd. Like the, it's just a lack of self awareness that I can never I I just can't understand. So I really think that with what just went down with the first round bounce as a two seed, everything that transpired this year, I really think that this, like, after this happening, the front office's feet is really to the fire. Yep. They they have to understand Well, now. they've been they've been kid gloves because they've been so damn good. Right. Right? But now it's like, okay, there's no, we're not seeing the, we're not seeing the progression. We're not seeing, okay, you know, we went first round. Then we went second right. round. Now we're, we're, it's not getting closer, closer, and closer. Now it's we took a step back. And no one wants to hear, well, the... The progress to success is not linear. No one wants to hear that no, shit. Absolutely like, let's be not. Honest, absolutely right? not. And and I think Zach Kleiman sort of understands it too because Zach Kleiman in his exit interview was talking about, well, maybe I shouldn't have tripled down on youth this offseason. Maybe you shouldn't, maybe have. shouldn't have. Most people pointed that out. It's yeah. like, dude, like before the draft, people I, were pointing that out. Yeah, like, use those trade assets or use those draft assets. You don't as need trade. to draft you don't need to draft four rookies. No. There's no reason to do that. But they did. And they, they think that they can develop them. And who knows? David Roddy and Jake LaRavia could become good players. Yeah. Like, who, who the hell knows? Vince Williams? I don't know. But at the same time, there's a development process with anybody you draft when they're that young. Right. And you are going to have this window pretty – I mean, a window in time. Yeah, don't – While these guys are on their on – their, while Ja, Jaron, and Dez are on these contracts, yeah. you're probably – their extensions, you have to go take advantage then. You can't count on guys don't, developing. Don't spend time pissing away that window waiting yes. on young guys to step up. Exactly. Go exactly. get guys that are ready to win now. And I think I, I really believe after this, that is the offseason that we will That's see. That's what I think Zach Kleiman understands. Yeah. Which I which I, I he's he's done an incredible job. Let's but not take that away from him. They took their licks this year. Finally. They did. And they right? this is this felt like a big fall from grace. And I would imagine that he's going to right the ship relatively quickly. Yeah, because the writing's on the wall. It seems relatively obvious what what has to occur this offseason for this team to take that potential next step towards being yeah a conference finals team or a, a finals team, and they have they have the the nucleus to do yeah. it. They just need the supporting cast around it. They've got the the core. 
Now you just got to outfit this team to be able to win in the playoffs. I just want to see this core, too. I think they're obviously with them, we're counting on them taking more steps and being more experienced and learning how to play within themselves. But, like, I, I look at I look at John, I look at Jaron, like they still need to add things to their game. But 100%. they're only 23, right? They're only 23. But John needs to grow a mid-range jump shot. Jaron probably needs to grow a mid-range jump shot, and they would both. It would. It would. If they keep adding to their game, I really feel good about this core. Without a but doubt. But they. But again, I agree with you. You just need to find the surrounding pieces, the supporting cast to go with it. But, yeah. but the question is: Is, is Jaron even going to be here after today's tweet? That's the <laughs> read the tweet, Kenny. I need to hear the the tweet. This is so funny to me. Uh, hold on, let me bring it up. It was like forever, forever grateful. grateful. Yes, forever said, grateful, Memphis. For, forever grateful, Memphis. And, and people are saying he's gone. Clearly, that means he's leaving, right? Like <laughs> he's gone. He's gone. Memphis. He's we're dead. I'm forever grateful. He's Jaren, gone. Jaren's never. He's done. He's, he's done in Memphis. He's going to he, the. He's going to the Golden State Warriors. That's just where because he's going. Ags, after exit interviews on that Monday, he says forever grateful Memphis. He's done. Even though he has three more years on this extension. People like, like the only thing that would happen to get Jaren up out of here is like a like what was it? The Nets wanted him in the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. And a trade like that's the only thing, like, right? And the the Grizzlies and it was a non-starter. Even, yeah, the Grizzlies wouldn't even give him up. So like, what are we talking about? He's got three more years on this deal, a very team-friendly deal. Yeah. Where? Why? What? Why are people reading into that? Like he's saying, you know, people. I'm freak, done. People freak out quite easily. Um, I, I just, I, I just, I just don't get the logic. I don't either. There's not forever grateful Memphis. Oh, he's done. He's gone. <laughs> he's he's gone. He's out. Um, put a fork in us. So, Gabe, we only had really one piece of University of Memphis-related news. Slick Rick. Yep. Yeah. Western Kentucky head coach Rick Stansberry is now on staff at Memphis, taking the role that Frank... Ooh, Ooh, yes, <laughs> yes. Taking the role that uh, Frank Haith had last season as he is now at Texas... Me and Kenny did a, a breakdown of this, did a little breaking news podcast on this, but we would love to hear your thoughts on it. What do you think um, of this addition? It's, it's, I think ultimately a good hire. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how you look at a guy who's been that experienced and actually done really good things with Mississippi State, gone to what, six tournaments, six, seven tournaments? Yeah. Um, with Mississippi State, had the NCAA recruiting violations that ultimately led to his downfall. But I don't know how you look at a guy who's been around that long, coached for Western Kentucky. Uh, had some decent years there, just didn't get to a tournament. He had a regular season championship in the Conference USA, won 27 games one year. I don't know how you look at a guy with that type of experience at all levels and, like, down it. The one thing I would say is he is – we classify coaches, right? He's a player getter. Right, that's what he does. He's a recruiter. Right. Which I see a lot of people saying – well, you don't need another player getter. You have Penny and you have Andy Borman. But in the end of the day, I think, okay, you add, okay, a player getter supposedly there in, uh, in Slick Rick. But at the same time, I think that experience weighs through. So, like, in-game situations, helping Penny along, managing games, I think that could be of help just through an exp from an experience standpoint. I don't think people need to view it as, like, Oh well, he doesn't need he's another just a player. Recruiter. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, he's a coach. He's, he's been, been around. He's been coaching I, he, since nineteen eighty one. I will agree. I will agree. Like you're replacing Frank Hay, who I think defensively the X's and O's. That dude's a 
a, a genius. A genius. He's yeah. great. You saw the matchup zone concepts and everything that the Tigers started running last year. I don't think I don't think Rick Stansberry slides in and immediately takes that role, no. so to speak. But he's he's a good guy to have from an experience standpoint. He's been around the block several times. I, yeah, I don't know why we need to down that. He's won four hundred career collegiate yeah, games. Like, yeah, I think he's coached in almost seven hundred. So he's been a he's been people a, say, well, he's a player getter, and he, he and they say he probably doesn't know X's and O's as well as he should have. He's won four hundred games. He's got to know something, right? Can't he, be a moron. Yeah, he's not just getting players. He's won a lot of games. But he does get players. He does get players. Absolutely. <laughs> he, he gets players. The fact that he stole Emmanuel Acott from Memphis is wild yeah, to me still. Absolutely. Just uh, to go 17 and 16. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To do nothing. Um, but yeah, he's been a collegiate coach since 1981, has a ton of experience. Those are the guys that Penny needs. And uh, I would just kind of hit the bullet points of what Kenny and I talked about. The biggest thing is the cultural shift within the coaching staff of the University of Memphis. First couple years, big, splashy hires that were going to catch the eye of recruits that didn't necessarily have a ton of coaching experience. Now we're seeing more of a balance. Yeah. Experience, also guys that have those high school, you know, Andy high school relations, Andy Borman. Penny is really starting to get it and understand now. Because even the Larry Brown hire was a little bit questionable. Yes, Larry I Brown's a great coach, but he hadn't been in the collegiate game in a long time. Rick is, a to me, a really, really perfect fit for what Penny's trying to do. And dare I say, like, you can seriously see with some of these former coaches, Frank Haith and now Rick Stansbury, there's clearly a fair amount of respect for what Penny's getting done here. Yeah, for sure. You know, like, that's that's the thing I sort of take away. You have guys You're that have— You're getting head coaches. You have guys that have 20 more, year of expe 20 more years of experience yeah. than Penny Hardaway at the, at the, in the college game. And they're coming to be his assistant coach. They're putting their pride to the side because they like what he's building. I think there's something to be said about that. Yeah, I mean that's a huge thing. And this was my kind of my big takeaway: have as many former head coaches as you can. Hell yeah, go uh, for same it. Same thing in same thing in everywhere: NFL, college football, whatever the sport is, NBA. Get as many dudes that have ran the ship as you can, because if they were. I know they weren't all good. Some people fail at running the ship and then go back and yeah. be coordinators or whatever. But if they were able to handle that and and do that job, giving them a smaller piece of the pie, they should only be better with. If they still want to be in the game, if they still want to be a successful coach, you give them a smaller piece of the pie, they're going to do a lot more because they're not, you know, they're not doing everything. They have this one specialized job. Yeah. And so I, I just love the aspect of getting former head coaches on that have been there, done that, have experience, have experience with running a program themselves from, you know, day-to-day -day operations, recruiting, coaching, X's and O's games. They're done. That's what head coaches do everything. Yeah. So when you get that guy in, it only helps someone like Penny who's so young in his collegiate coaching career. So I love the hire. Uh, and that's really all I've seen. I haven't seen many people crap on it. Well, I, I've, I've heard people discuss sort of like, well, player getter versus actual right. X and O's That's guy. You didn't, you didn't necessarily replace Frank Haith's X's and O's, which who, at the end of the day, okay, fine. And you think, I, I don't know what to say. You think Penny like, didn't take plenty of notes on that? Yeah, I'm like, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know how to really attack that. I think when you just look at it on the surface, former successful collegiate head coach replaced by former successful collegiate head coach. Win. There you go. Yeah. Guy with experience replaced by a guy with experience. It's cool. Penny yeah. has turned into high, the Highlander. Have y'all are y'all old enough to remember that show? No. The Highlander is this old school like samurai show where this guy used to go around the world and he would 
kind of he was a mercenary he'd kind of kill people and then and then adopt their powers he would take their powers like that's what that's what penny has kind of turned into <laughs> okay he's like getting larry brown having him around I for d- a I year d- i dig the reference the, the, there. the frank hayth getting the matchup zone power and then like saying okay you can leave and then now he's getting the slick rick in it's like there's just a i dig it I, anyway he's the highlander I, I, of college no, basketball I, uh, He's I'm not gonna lie, that Christian's, was mega ultra mega ultimate super lame-o <laughs> remark you just he's, made. He's shooting it down. I kind I like it though, because he really is bringing guys that are that are giving him tools in the toolbox, if you will. Yeah. I guess mega so. super lame-o. You yeah. sound like a that was L- mega super lame-o. L- L- seven weenie. I, I, I had to give it like 13 adjectives to describe <laughs> how much I disliked it. <laughs> Just call him an L7 weenie. An L7 weenie. <laughs> no, but I I, 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 I I get what you mean. I get what you mean, Kenny. It, make, it makes a lot of sense. He's, he's bringing in guys you, that have experience that can give him different lessons along the way. Now, in the past, we've seen maybe he didn't want to take those lessons. Yeah. But I think last year showed he us. He did. But last year showed us that. He, he's taken – I mean, Frank he's, Haith, he let Frank Haith take some of the timeouts and, like, yeah. he was coaching oh, the team. Oh, he gave so, a lot of freedom to so him. So, like, I, I think he's I think he's learned along the way. You are correct. Speaking of someone that has a lot of experience, a man that has a lot of experience, especially when it comes to creating topics, giving us things to talk about, that would be the guy on the other <sighs> side of the wall, one Kenny Stubblefield. The man knows what he's doing. So, we're going to take – a quick break. We're gonna hear a word from our sponsors real quick. We'll get back on the other side with the hot three. What's up, guys? I'm so excited to announce that we have partnered with Coaching for Literacy, and you can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or follow them on social media at Coaching for Literacy. Your subscription to Bluff City NIL is 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. Thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student athletes and helping promote the monumental cause of childhood literacy. Yeah, you is couldn't it, hear do it. I, do I hear Anchorman in the background? You couldn't it hear it very, very well. Save the train track! Save the train track! Couldn't hear it very well. Unique New York. Yeah. Unique, Unique New York. New York. Oh. Try to throw that oh in. Oh, my God. Hit that one more time. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to turn... <laughs> Don't, we don't even need the we don't even need the Will I'm Ferrell. gonna turn this off for a second. Here we go. <laughs> what are you turning it off for? There it is. For those that don't know, that's what that's what me, me and Christian get our uh, before we go on air. We, we have our that. yeah we have our things. He says toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. All right, Kenny. That's good, man. That's good. Hey, welcome back to On the Bluff, presented by Carmigo. What's up, man? Carmigo, thank you all for joining On the Bluff. Let's do the hot three, boys. Y'all ready? Let's rock. Let's do it. Come on. All right. Obviously, we talked about the NFL draft last week. Uh, It happened. So let's talk about it. (laughs) What do y'all think? It sure did happen. It did happen. All right. So, one. Hey, hey, where's our Merzik? Hey, come here. Where's Merzik? We have been validated. 
Yes, we have. Will Levis did not go in the first round. Yeah. He really shouldn't have went, went to the, the third round. He went to the Titans. I'm not a Titans fan, so I don't really care. Yeah, Kenny, where's our music, man? It's in there. Is it playing? It's playing. Just a little bit low. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Can you hear oh, it? Oh, now I can hear it. There we go. That's better. I'm bringing it back down a little bit, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, Bryce Young, cool. Yep. Um, and then two and three, Texans, good job, yep. man. And cooler heads prevailed. You get C.J. Stroud instead of going and get a defensive piece at number two, but then you trade back up and get Will Anderson the best player. There you go. Probably the best player in the Well class. done. And in, in year one, they're feeding D'Amico Ryans, trying to give him what give he him needs talent. going into the future, and that's a that's a damn good thing. That yeah. is, I mean, the way they have operated the past two years with those two coaches and David Coley and Lovey Smith, it's been an embarrassing process. Now and now you finally got a guy that's going to stay there yep. for an extended period of time, and you give him the talent he needs year one. Give him his quarterback. Give him his defensive linchpin. Absolutely love it. Uh, Anthony Richardson goes at four to the Colts and I not it Will Levis. Yeah. It's, it, it felt like a smoke screen. I like it. I mean, we'll see how it pans out. But So I have a quote here. I have a quote here from Jim Irsay, though. He was asked about the possibility of Anthony Richardson playing early. He said, I think it's important. You get better by playing. I mean, practice and preseason games and watching in a quarterback room, that's great. But, man, I'll tell you, he'd get better by playing, and it's in something that we think is really important. I mean, he kind of has to play. Who else is going to play? I mean, I don't know. No. We still have Matt Ryan, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> I would probably – not probably. I would definitely problem, rather throw though, Anthony Richardson I, I just – I think sometimes you can stun a dude's development you by can. throwing him in there too early without him having him know what he's doing. He'll rest on things that he does well. But at least the, the cupboard isn't completely bare. Right. You have the running game to lean right. on with Jonathan Taylor. You have Michael Pittman. Decent O-line if they play better this if they, year. Yes, they have the pieces to have a good offensive line. They just didn't play well last year. Uh, you've got Michael Pittman. So you, you've got something around him. He's not going to a team that is devoid of talent. Right. So I'm, I think I'm okay with it just because, what, are you going to throw Sam Ellinger out there? Like, no. You just rock with Anthony Richardson, try to keep his confidence by leaning on the ground game and not making him throw I don't 35 need, times I don't, a I don't game. think you need to force him into playing, like, game one, you need, though. No, you know you what I mean? Have to, like you don't have to one. force it. You don't have to force it. Why can't he sit down for a year like we used to do? Like, what's the issue with that? Results, results, results. I guess so, man. And they have a decent defense. And I guess theoretically, if they had everything go their way, they could be fun. They could be a pretty good, especially in that division. Right. Division has the Jags at the top. And then the tight. I mean, so I guess there's a there's a chance you could go win the division if you have the quarterback position right. But I, I just with a guy like that who's developmental. You have to learn how to use. I just think you need to be careful. But I do like, I, I, and I said this on the show last week, I do like him and the thought of him with uh, Shane Steichen. What about his 13-year-old brother? Do you hear him? Who? Anthony Richardson's 13-year-old. The oh. deepest voice I've ever heard really? on a 13-year-old I didn't get to hear kid. it, bro. It's wild. And he had a neck tattoo, he bro. A, he had a cross tattoo on his neck. And you've heard Anthony Richardson yeah. talk. It's pretty much the same voice. It might have been a little deeper than Anthony Richardson's. So is he, is he next up? Does he play ball? I mean, I don't know if he plays ball, but he literally sounds like a grown man at 13 years old. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> How about them Eagles, though? Yeah, that's it. Georgia. Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Georgia Northeast. They got Jalen Carter in the top 10. Traded up a pick to get him. Arguably the best player in the draft. Most talent, most upside. I, I think it's unbelievable he fell to nine. I, it, that, yeah, like, I sure. Listen, and, and I understand all the other stuff. The off-field stuff. But damn, like if, if, if everything... 
I think first of all, I think his floor is high. Yeah. But his ceiling is is ridiculous. It's top tier. And it, his ceiling to me as a prospect is Jeffrey Simmons esque. He can really pa- he can rush a passer from inside. He's really good against the run yeah, game. His ceiling He'll get that is penetration. All so like I, I just don't get why you have that. I think him and Will Anderson, uh, based on based on film you could put either of them one or two defensive prospects in this draft and this guy falls I, I to say nine. overall prospects yeah well yeah, I, I guess so. I would I mean personally I would either Anderson Carter one of them that's fair one of them two one a one B and then Bijan that's fair but I'm just saying like I, I just I find it I find it ridiculous that they let him fall to nine and the Eagles get their hands on him and then they get, and then Nolan, they get Nolan Smith, Smith at dude, 30 who who by the way in a lot of mock drafts was mocked at 10 yeah where they were where they were picking yeah before Jalen before they traded up only a fourth rounder for Jalen Carter and then they got Kali Ringo in the fourth round who you and I have talked about neither one of us is super high on him but at one point for a long time was projected to be a first round pick and they got him in the fourth Hell, round at number 105 I yeah don't give absolutely Tech, go ahead big big strong corner i get kind of worried about his hips yeah i think he's what about uh we he's talk, got tight hips we talked about some non-misses or some not non-missables some non-missables some, 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 yeah some yeah. unmissables some unmissables some, some, like some can't misses there you go there That's we go what I was trying to say. um you talked about osiris torrance i think he went he's bills in the third was it in the third or the second i think it was the second Went to the Bills late second, late second round. I Love think that. That's pick. crazy, yeah. man. I, I don't know why. He I was falls hoping the Cowboys so would far. take him at, at twenty six. What do you think about the Cowboys? Mozzie, Mozzie Smith? Smith. I like. I mean, I like it. It's a knee. It is a that's major. That's the knee. thing is, I want people to like put this into perspective for a second. Like the Cowboys have no interior presence Zero. on their D line. Zero. So like, you go get maybe people don't look at his stats. To try to he's figure out who he is tech. as a player, he is a two gapper. Yeah. He try. He literally is a. He's there to he's stop the run. Eater. He's there to stop the run. They don't have that. That's why they went and traded for Jonathan, Jonathan Hankins, Hankins last year. Yeah. So like, while I think it was a reach where he got drafted in the first round, it was a massive need for them. And I think the best, best sort of available D tackle guy that could play that particular role. Not a best available D tackle necessarily, but, but definitely a, a best space eater yeah. one tech. Yeah. Because Brian Brzee went three picks and, and later, he's not but even, he's, not, he's not that guy. No, no, right? no, absolutely not. So like uh, he's the best available space eating D tackle and they need that badly. And they, they have I, the edges taken care and of. And they have him they had him at fourteenth on their big board. So right. in their minds they didn't reach. Right. And right. you trust well, your scouts, you trust your talent. I do department. love that. I do love that. Like everybody says, oh, we got our guy. We, he was number one. On, he was number one on our big board, on our board. Yeah, but they don't just mean like that the Raiders the taking Tyree Wilson at seven. They're yeah. like he was our number one edge prospect. Right. Shut that no, hell up. You knew you, you knew Will Will Anderson, if Will Anderson, was, Anderson was there, you would have taken him in a heartbeat. Yeah, I hate that though. So yeah, I didn't. I didn't mind it at all. We'll see how it goes. I know a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, it's the second coming of Taco Charlton. Like. First off, that was like seven years ago. And, just because it's another defensive lineman from Michigan. Taco is a is an edge. Yeah. A bad edge. Bad edge. Yeah. But I mean, Mozzie, 6'3", 323, strong as an ox. Like, that's what the Cowboys How many need. times, by the way, they have... I, I, I wish Kenny could play this over this clip, but the... the the row machine. Oh. They keep, good Lord. I don't give a damn. Stop <laughs> showing that. And then him hopping up the stairs. Yeah. It's like they got themselves a beast. It's like I I would imagine that he does good things in the weight room. But I will say the Cowboys did have the coolest story of the draft. Yes. Not even close. Not even close. You know, Chris, um, 
Chris Vaughn. You know, he was uh, at the University of Memphis when I got to campus. Was he really? He was he was the DB coach for two years. Yeah, I did not know that. Recruited a bunch of my buddies. I thought he had been with the Cowboys for a while. I mean, he has, but I think he may have went there right after he got done here. Yeah. But he 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 recruited a bunch of our a bunch of my buddies. Did not know that. Yeah. So Bobby McCain, Fritz, all those dudes that had those opportunities in the NFL. I mean, he got them up out of there. So, that's wild. That's cool. But then you know, how, I mean, can you even imagine like how freaking cool that would be? Like the team that you're working for drafts your son. It, it was it was moving. No. Oh yeah, it was awesome. And Chris to watch. was like crying on the phone. Yeah. Hey, buddy, you want to come to work yeah, with me you want to come to work with me on my... I mean, that's, that, that's, that's damn cool. That is but cool. But then, then Jerry gets on the phone. Damn, yeah. Jerry. He ruins it. Yeah. He tends to ruin he things. I mean, he, he uses a lot of words to say very little. He uses yes. a lot of words to say very true. little. He says the same thing about 300 times. Um, But I do want to say, um, really quick, I do think outside of the, the Eagles... What I've noticed out of the Seahawks draft and what they've done the past I couple of Devin years. Witherspoon. No, but like you think about last year. Uh, Kenneth Walker, and, um, I'm Charles not, Cross. Uh, DB, Tariq Woolen. Tariq Woolen in the like fifth. In this year, you get Devin Witherspoon and Jackson Smith and Jigba in the first round. Yep. So now you're going to have JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Tyler DK. Lockett, DK. Yep. I mean, that, like, and then Devin Witherspoon and Tariq Woolen on the outsides. Like that offense is gonna have some juice defensively. And they got Zach Cabernet in the third. Char- I Charbonnet, Char- come on, get it right. Charbonnet, sorry. Charbonnet. He's big. He's big. Body. Yeah, I didn't really understand that pick necessarily with Kenneth Walker, hey, that's but fine. it's a good. Then they, one. But it's they took Kenny McIntosh late, too, late in the seventh back. round. Yeah, but I mean, I think yes, the Seahawks have done an incredible job. No, they have some juice, and I also think the Falcons going into next year are gonna surprise some folks. Um, they have a remade secondary. On, they added Clark the, Phillips late. All, yes, they got Clark Phillips in the fourth, which round. is crazy to me. Wild. Um, it, Utah all, corner, by the way. Yeah, Utah corner. So it's all, it's all going to hinge on Desmond Ritter, though. Have they done a good job of surrounding him? Yes, he got Drake London. He's got Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, Cordero Patterson, Tyler Algier. Like, there's weapons around him. But they run the ball. They were second in the league in rushing. Right. They should have. They should have kept. Now Cal- you have. They should have kept Calvin Ridley. Now you have Bijan. Yeah. I mean, okay, like, let's go. Right. And then their secondary is just about remade. You have A.J. Terrell. You have uh, Jeff Okuda, mm-hmm. Jesse Bates you signed in the offseason. They're like, I mean. It's not bad. I'm not saying they're going to be like a playoff team. I'm just saying I feel like that is a team that improved themselves improve. drastically this offseason. And I mean, Arthur Smith I do like as a head coach. Yeah. I think he's a good but head they coach. They won seven games last year yeah. with Mariota's quarterback. Yeah. Not bad. They were right there. They just still don't have any any pass rush presence. No, but they got Grady Jarrett. Grady Jarrett, but they don't. You're right. But he's a, you're right. He's a D tackle. They, they tried to get Zach Harrison from Ohio State. Yeah, who never did anything no, at Ohio former State. Former five star prospect. That made me so mad. I think he went in third him. round. Still. Everybody hyped him up after Chase Young left. Yeah, and he just never did. Jack like I said though, I'm, just, I'm pretty sure he still went in the third round. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's seventy yeah, fifth. Yeah. I like what the Steelers did as well. I hate to say that because Michael's a Steelers fan, but you know who my uh, you know who my favorite off- offensive tackle prospect was? Roger Jones. Why was he not rated higher? Paris Johnson's not that good, and he went number six overall. He's, he's kind of raw, and he can move his feet well, and he's very athletic. But if you just go watch, Roger's the, tape, the cleanest. Yeah, but if no you, penalties, no sacks. If you, if you go watch the tape on Paris, he's way over his toes all the time yep. in the run game. He can get swam, he gets thrown off. And his pass protection, especially from the left side, is just like, eh. Like, yeah. you should be more athletic and better with your feet. And he's just, 
and granted he's 21 so he's got chance he's got plenty of chances to grow into himself right. and be better and they can develop him but i i just don't see it right now with paris johnson that dude went six to the cardinals, cardinals yeah so it's like I, I, broderick jones was my favorite guy clean like i said no penalties no sacks I mean, how can you ask for any more than that? So for the national championship, right? For the best team in the country, yeah. And then what did they do in the second? Oh, they got Joey Joey Porter Jr. at the top of the second. Great pick. That's cool to see him. Yeah, I mean, it just felt like Dad's franchise. It felt like the whole time that was going to find a way to happen. Come on, well, everybody thought they were going to take him in the first round. You didn't even mention. You didn't even mention the other guy that they got. I thought you loved this guy, Darnell Washington. I was getting there. Darnell in the third. Apparently, he had a knee injury. Well, that's why he yeah, fell. He's six seven two seventy. Yeah, I mean, and he, I, I don't even know if I buy him catching passes, but he's the type of guy that will be in the league for ten years. Yeah. he's a six offensive he lineman. Will just be an extension exactly of the offensive line. You get into you get into your big personnel groups. Darno Washington can be around forever. Mercedes Lewis type guy. Why not? Yeah. Last uh, last team I want to hit on because I I think this team has done an absurdly good job at drafting. And I know it was a little questionable on day one, but now when you look at it, the Detroit Lions getting Jameer Gibbs early, then trading DeAndre Swift on Saturday, getting Jack Campbell, linebacker out of Iowa, getting Hendon Hooker, trading up to get Hendon Hooker yep. in the third round. Uh, I think they got a couple other players I like too. I just can't remember off the dome if you got if you got anything. Sam Laporta, up. I love Sam, Sam Laporta. Laporta, tight end from Iowa. Love him. Good pick. Brian Branch. Brian Branch, they traded up to get Brian Branch, safety out of Alabama, number one ranked safety, I believe, in the third round, correct? Four, second, 45th overall. Second, okay. Though. So, yeah, I love what the freaking Lions are doing, man. They, they you, know, you know what's funny about that first that first round when you go get Jameer Gibbs at 12 and Jack Campbell at 18? I think that when we do the analytics stuff and we talk about draft picks and their value, not good positional value in the first right. round, either of those guys, you have an off ball inside linebacker and a, running, and a back. running back. But at the same time, when you look up this season and Jack Campbell has 120 tackles and Jameer Gibbs has 800 yards rushing and 400 yards receiving and Double 10 touchdowns, touchdowns yeah. what are you going to say? Yeah. You can't say anything. <laughs> like they're, 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 I think both of these guys are going to play big roles in year one, and that's yeah. what they're looking for. And and don't mistake yourself, Dan Campbell eats kneecaps, brother. You yeah. don't care about he your damn care. analytics. He, don't he doesn't care. give a damn. No, and obviously, you know, we saw come to fruition what what was going on behind the scenes last year. They did not like DeAndre Swift. Yeah, they were not DeAndre Swift fans. Yeah, there've been reports coming out about him being soft from. Who's their running backs coach? Is it Deuce Staley? Deuce Staley. Yeah. Well, he was he was with the Panthers now, but right, yeah, he but was last year. Um, and Deuce was not a fan of him, clearly, and there was a lot of stuff swirling about DeAndre Swift. They get him out of the picture, get in Jameer Gibbs, who you and I both love. Both thought he was the second best back in, in this class with the potential to be the best. I mean, let's not let's not make any bones about it. He could be the best running Just back in this class. a little small is the only thing little I small, would be Tony Pollard type size but, uh, build and but skill I think, set. But I think he's got he's got what, what you need. He's fast yeah. as hell. He's explosive. And you got David Montgomery to go, to go bang through the middle of the – yeah, the line. Yeah. If you need short yardage, you got David Montgomery. Jameer doesn't necessarily have to run everything between the tackles. So, Lions once again look like they've killed it. Yeah, so. and Sam Laporta though. That's one of my. That's why that was my favorite tight end draft prospect. Even over my, it's gonna be a hot take, but over Michael Mayer, really? over Dalton, Dalton Kincaid. Kincaid. He comes from damn Iowa in the worst offense in America and caught for six hundred yards. And was yeah. literally their only form of offense. That's true. And, and that is tight in you. And it's tight in you. Yeah. George Kittle. Noah Fant. Um, Noah Fant. TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson. 
Uh, you want to you want to go back Dallas, Dallas Clark, Clark right? Yep. <laughs> like I, I don't know. In uh, his same coaching staff, whole nine yards, he can block. He has good. Uh, he he has the the upside to be a good inline blocker, good hipped off blocker. Mm-hmm. So like I, I j- he he does it all. So I I don't know why it was why he was not even I, more then, highly rated by the analysts. Then Brian Branch, the number one safety. Yeah. And then Hendon Hooker, who we all know, I'm a big Hendon Hooker fan. They get him in the third yep. round. So. Yep. Love that draft. Uh, Kenny, if you let us, we'll sit here and talk about this for like four and a half yeah, hours. Yeah, so. guys, we need to move. Let's move on to uh, – <laughs> that was awesome. But uh, let's spend – we're going to spend three minutes on this next topic. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Uh, we already talked about the Grizzlies, but let's go NBA playoffs outside of the Grizzlies. Let's just talk LeBron Curry. Oh, gosh. Uh, you got to – listen, for Grizzlies fans, it's tough. You got knocked out by Curry last year. You got knocked out by LeBron this year. But you got to cherish these moments while you still got them, brother. Yeah. 38-year-old LeBron versus 35-year-old Curry. Still. You got Cavs versus Warriors back in the day. Now it's Lakers-Warriors. West Coast battle with those two guys involved. Cherish these moments while you can. Oh, That's all I can say. Dude, I'm fired up. Like, Knock them down, drag them out. Let's see it. Yeah, absolutely. Steph dropping 50, setting the Game I- 7 record on Sunday against Sacramento was absurd. Watched I watched that yeah. game and was just in awe once it, again of what it, Steph can he's do. He's getting to the rim. Like that was, that was the, the majority part. of what right. he did in that game was getting to the rim. That's the insane part. The dude is so impressive. Yes, he I is. I love Steph. And Kevon Looney's my guy. With the 20, what what a 21, 22 21 bounds. rebounds. Yeah. I mean, he's, he been, was, he's been playing his role he was, like a G. He was eating Demonis Sabotis all game he, under the basket. Well, the last five games, uh, last five games of the series. After yeah, game two, three twenty plus rebound games. After game two, he series. had double digit rebounds 20, every single three games of twenty plus rebounds. Yeah, but then the other two was like thirteen and eleven. I mean, he was yeah. eating their lunch the entire yeah, he series. Averaged like seventeen rebounds per game in that seven game series. <laughs> he had two. He had like a four twenty two nine game and a four twenty seven game. Yeah, and it's like dude, like this guy. I, He's not talented. Just be a don't. You don't have to be a star. Be a star in just, your role. Just work. They always say that, don't they? Just work. But yeah, I'm I'm fired up about that series. Obviously, it's disappointing for Grizzlies fans that they are not there and that the Lakers are. But man, getting LeBron Curry again, dude. One of my friends sent me a stat today. No team has beat the Warriors. No Western Conference team nineteen has beat, and zero has beaten the Warriors in the playoffs since twenty thirteen. But they're nineteen and zero under Steve Kerr yeah. in Western Conference, and Western Conference playoff, playoff series. series. That's, That's absurd. Yeah. That is insane. That is ridiculous. <laughs> that is it's not cool. It is, and it's funny because they, they've transitioned from they used to be the most talented team, right? It'd be Steph and Clay when Clay was not hurt, as, right? As Draymond when he could still play offense. It was Katie and Harrison Barnes, and like you had all these Iggy, guys, Sean Livingston, yeah, just yeah. studs. Yeah. Just at, like they were the most talented team. They could shoot the best. They could do. They could play the best offense. They were great on defense now they're not the best team they're just the most experienced team that have role players that will step up whenever you ask them to do it on the road at home whatever it is yeah Kavon Looney's having like 22 rebound games in in Sacramento mm-hmm. right and he it's just like he doesn't care nope so just go out there and, and Dre had 21 a 21 point game mixed in there 21 right. four and seven I think it was in Sacramento mm-hmm. too so uh, it, they're just, just keep chugging man they're just they're just experienced as hell all right, K-Dog, number three. Number three, we got UFC 288 this weekend. We got the return of the Triple C. Captain Cringe. Captain Cringe. My bad. My timer's going off in here. I wanted to put y'all on a clock. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah. You thought. I thought. 
Um, but y'all did a good job. Three minutes and y'all were out. All right. We got the return of uh, the Triple C. We got Henry Cejudo coming back, fighting Aljamain Sterling in uh, a championship bout. What are y'all's thoughts on UFC 288? I want to hear your thoughts Where's first. Where is this at? Where is this? Is it in Vegas? I think it's in Vegas. Let me check. Uh, no, I don't think it's in Vegas. I don't Vegas. think it is either. It's in, uh, oh gosh. Is That's it a good in, question. Is it in New York? Kenny, you uh, New York, New Jersey. Like New York. New Jersey. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so you just had, what, two and a half years off? Yeah, he's been gone for a while. Who was his last fight? Dominic Was Cruz. it Dominic? Yeah. Last fight was Dominic, so he's been out of the game he's for gonna a minute. It's a, it's a hell of a step up dealing with Aljamain. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know how to feel because it feels like every time we say, oh, Aljamain is definitely not going to win this fight, he wins. Yeah. <laughs> he wins. I mean, I thought Corey Sanhagen was going to beat him uh, before he got the opportunity at the, at Pewter Yawn in the title, and he made light work of I Corey I thought Sanhagen. Pewter Yawn was going to win Pewter when, Yon, when they ran yeah. it back. When they ran it back, it was like unquestionable Pewter Yawn was going to smash him, and he didn't. So I don't know. I don't really know. I don't even know what the odds are. I'm gonna look at the odds real quick. Maybe that'll maybe that'll steer me. Uh, I, I mean, Henry Cejudo is probably gonna be favored. By it's basically amount. a push. Really? It's, it's pick minus one hundred and five. Pick him, Aljermaine oh, yeah. Sterling. Pick him. I mean, I, I, last time I saw Henry Cejudo fight, I didn't see any glare. I didn't see any weaknesses. No. So, and like Aljermaine, I guess if you stand with him and you start trading and you. And you smash him a little bit, smash his face. Yeah, I'll, I'd go Cejudo. I'll go Cejudo, but again, it's a two and a half year layoff. Like, how do you, how do you respond? How do you respond to that? Everybody, I am, everybody's different, though. I am a little sad that the Charles Oliveira Benil Dariush fight oh, got pushed yeah, off this card. It either got pushed to June or July. It's not like it wasn't a super terrible, serious injury or anything like that. Uh, but it did get pushed from this. But one of the most game, if not the most game fighter in the UFC stood up once again Gilbert Burns which what is this deal Bilal Muhammad who Gilbert Burns just fought last month on the Israel <laughs> Adesanya card uh, and pretty much beat the crap out of Jorge Masvidal for so two and a half rounds so is that 287 by the way yes 287 so is, is there ever literally. have we ever had anyone go back to back numbered cards so 287 288 like if we I mean, I'm sure that? there has been somewhere but yeah, very Kamzat, rarely right? Kamzat maybe but, okay. but he wasn't a pay-per-view it wasn't like well, a co-main on a pay-per-view. Gilbert, Gilbert, I mean, that was not a hard fight for him. No, but I mean, he's headline. I mean, he's co-main in back-to-back pay-per-views. But he did go three rounds, full rounds yeah, with it was Jorge. A, yeah, it was so a full fight. Like, I mean, I don't know. He's insane for yeah. that. And he's fighting honest. Bilal Muhammad, who is definitely better than Jorge yes. Masvidal. Yeah. Still like Gilbert in that fight. I'm not, I'm not betting against Gilbert, but Bilal is a great wrestler, and he's not scared to have a boring fight. He will take you down and just lay on you. But with Gilbert, most people don't want to go to the ground with Gilbert because no. he is one of the best. He's good on his back. Yeah, he's one of the best uh, BJJ guys. It in, is a in total push em fight. In is the, it? Or pick them fight. It for is. For them? Minus, minus 110. Minus 110 each. Uh, it doesn't even have. Like it, just, it just says pick them. It just says pick them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's not surprising. I feel like if Gilbert hadn't just fought last month, he'd probably be a yeah. maybe minus 180, yeah, minus 150 like favorite. But. With him just coming off a fight, that makes sense. Uh, Jessica Andrade is fighting again. I feel like yep. she fights every three months. 
uh, Thug Nasty. Or no, yeah, that got Bryce canceled. Mitchell. Did that got canceled? No, he got, no, they, they found there. a replacement okay. flight for him. So Bryce Mitchell's back on the card, which I love watching Bryce Mitchell. He's fun. He's a weirdo, man. He is a weirdo. Mississippi boy. Arkansas. Arkansas. Get I thought right. he was Mississippi. No, Arkansas. he's Arkansas. Definitely hardcore Arkansas. Hardcore Arkansas. Yeah. yeah. Um, Thug Nasty. He is fun to watch, though. <laughs> yeah, he's no. a weird guy, but he's a he's a really good fighter. Yeah, yeah. He Pulled is. off that twister a couple years ago, which was nasty. Yeah. Um, glad they got a replacement fight for him, though. So it's not a stacked, loaded card. It's not as good as we've had the past couple months. It's kind of hard to compete with it what, is. what it's and we, following. And we said this for the last three months, that it's going to be hard to keep up with this. But, I mean, it's still a it's still solid card. It's, I mean, you went. You went. You you went the return of uh, John uh, of John Jones Usman Izzy. I mean, it, you just can't. It's hard. Yeah. You can't follow that up. Drew Dober, Drew Dober, and Matt Frivola on the prelims is a is a good fight too. Drew Dober's always fun. Caitlin Williams, that's mm-hmm. chaos, right? Caitlin Williams so. is chaos Williams. I'm pretty sure. I think you're right. Yeah. No, no, he's the ox fighter. Huh? The ox fighter Williams. <laughs> the ox fighter is what it is says. Is that his name? Yeah, that's what it so says. So that's not on chaos. <laughs> I swear I thought Caitlin Williams was chaos. It says the ox fighter. That's okay. chaos right. is chaos is the ox fighter. Okay. Really? Okay. Chaos, it's Chaos Williams. Yep. Okay. All right. Whatever. Now I'm confused. I am too. I don't need. I don't need. I don't need. Cut. But Chaos Williams now. is fun to watch because he just throws hands. So it'll be fun. I mean, it's not. It's not the best card in the world, but pay per views are always fun, and it's fun when they're in you know New York, New Jersey, because. Yeah. I mean, when, I don't know when the last time they went to Newark was. I know they went. They go to Brooklyn, relatively often, but. And go to Barclays or MSG. You're just in Vegas so damn much. Yeah. So when you get to a new arena that's not Vegas, it's more fun. Because yeah, sure. fans are a little more hyped up. So I think it'll be fun. You got any plans for it? You just I'll be chilling. Are you doing a crawfish boil? If it doesn't rain, I would say probably. Okay. Hey, my phone's open. My phone's I think there. it is like an 80% chance of rain. It's supposed to be like 80 degrees, but it's Brother, supposed to rain. So. Now, I know this comes out on Tuesday. It's Monday, all right? We can yeah. wait. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, I'm, right? not, I'm not using not, that as gospel make, truth Don't right make now. excuses No, if, if why we, not to have me over for the crawfish right, boil. We'll, we'll get a, a second handshake of the all day. All right, there we go. Your hands are freezing. I know. Especially now that you've met everybody, like, you're, you're in. I'm in. You're in. I'm in. Cool, yeah. cool. Okay, fellas, y'all got anything else before we put I'm a bow good. on this? I'm good, brother. Kenny, you good? We're good, man. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys for joining us again this week. Second week in the new studio. First week with the presenting sponsor. Thanks to Carmigo again uh, for bringing you this episode. Uh, You guys head over to bluffcitymedia.co. Check out everything we got over there. If you're watching this on YouTube, hope you're already subscribed. If you're not, go ahead, click that button, press the bell. You'll get some notifications on every time we drop, every time anything on Bluff City Media drops. Head over to the site, I think. I think I already said that, but I'll say it again. It's all good. Go ahead. <laughs> that's, a, that's a double rep. <laughs> that's fine. Double rep. That's fine. Head over the site twice. Um, yeah. We're out? I guess. Thank you for listening to On the Bluff. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. Head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co for comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports and how you can become an insider.